Hey guys, welcome back to Back to You in 5, What Self-Care Looks Like. This is Brittany Elliott, the creator of Back to You in 5, and I help mothers reconnect with themselves through self-care. In today's episode, we are going to talk all about the bedtime routine and the triggers (laughs) that are a part of it. Definitely in my household of late, this has been a hot topic um, and we're trying to get things together on the bedtime front. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Back to You in 5 is built around five wellness points, social wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, intellectual wellness, and emotional wellness. These wellness points work together to help us feel the most whole as mothers. Understanding your relationship with your wellness points is important for your self-care journey. Self-assessment and self-awareness are the foundation to your self-care. So be sure to grab your Boost Type Determination form at the link in the description. All right, so we're really going to dig into the bedtime routine and how we can mentally prepare for it. Maybe your child is still sleeping with you, or maybe they rely heavily on you to fall asleep, which requires a lot of effort at the end of the day. Bedtime can be a trigger for a lot of mothers. You may be touched out from all the snuggles of from the day or generally exhausted from a long day. As much as you may want to relax at bedtime, your children may cling to you during that time. So for us, my husband and I, um, with our daughter, she never got attached to a lovey, as they call it, like a blanket or stuffed animal at bedtime. Uh, She sucks her thumb and she rubs on one of our ears uh, at bedtime to soothe herself to sleep. So bedtime means she is very much in our space. So maybe you're transitioning from co-sleeping, which can take some time to stick. Um, I'm not a parenting coach, but I've definitely done some research and, and read a bit on the topic of bedtime. And the most common recommendations are consistency, finding consistency in the bedtime routine, patience, so being patient with your routine and having flexibility and being able to pivot your bedtime routine at any time. All of that is great advisement, I agree. Uh, But here's what we also know Creating a routine does not happen overnight. So any frustrations we have right now about our current bedtime routine as mothers, it's not going to go away immediately. So creating good, solid habits for the future won't necessarily help you with bedtime tonight. (laughs) You'll still most likely get frustrated. So we need to be working toward understanding why bedtime triggers you, but also anticipate your needs for bedtime. 
And this is why I always talk about the B room, you know, the time or place where you hear your thoughts the clearest, and uh, the importance of spending time there with your thoughts and being sure you track them. Um, It's okay that the bedtime routine triggers some frustration, but it's not okay to lash out at people in your household at that time or to feel like you are just overwhelmingly confused about why you're even triggered at bedtime. So to keep yourself in good shape while creating a routine, you can rely on your self-care routine to prepare you for those triggers. So when it comes to anticipating your needs, you know that bedtime is stressful. You know how it will make you feel when your child clings to you at bedtime, and you know bedtime is an inevitable inevitable part of your day, so mentally prepare for it. Sorry, I was just taking a sip of water. (laughs) We have to put self-care at the forefront of our bedtime routine so we're not frustrated, overwhelmed, or angry when bedtime comes. So we make bedtime routine less stressful by, one, planning for it. So when we're planning on Sundays, plan your bedtime routine accordingly and think about If someone else can start the bedtime routine for you, you know, for my family, my husband does story time while I'm in the shower. So typically our daughter is asleep when I'm done Um, or we all lie down together, then move her to her bed once she's asleep. If you don't have a spouse or significant other um, or your spouse works nights, Is there a member of your village that could come start the bedtime routine for you, even if it's only a couple nights a week? So think about those alternatives and who you can put at the forefront of, you know, starting the bedtime routine. Uh, So that's number one, plan for it. Number two is to spend about 30 minutes prior to the bedtime routine starting in your B room or spend 30 minutes completing an emotional wellness boost type activity like yoga, working out, journaling, meditating. And this will give you time to get in a good mental space before the bedtime routine starts. Remember, your emotional wellness is about how well you manage stress and anxiety. So if the bedtime routine isn't going as planned, you can pivot and deal with all of the big feelings by addressing your emotional wellness. There's no guarantee that just because we're mothers, the bedtime routine is all rainbows and unicorns. If bedtime is a trigger, the best way to deal with that is to set yourself up with the resources you need to get through it. It's definitely not a good feeling to be guilty about being stressed out about bedtime. Um, I know when bedtime is really stressful for me, it's just even hard for me to sleep at night. 
So when bedtime is a challenge, it just pours into so much and we don't get enough sleep, then the next day can be another roller coaster. So I know that it's very important to a lot of mothers to get a hold of the bedtime routine. And one thing I want to mention is that, and I talk to my daughter's pediatrician about this a lot, is that um, things aren't an issue until they are. So my daughter had been sleeping in the bed with us for a long, long time. Um, I mean, she'll be four in a couple of months. And she was, you know, doing like co-sleeping for a while. And it really wasn't a big deal for me for a long time until like one night it was. (laughs) And then once you get to that point, you're really racing to, you know, create a routine. But that doesn't mean that your child is in step with you. And that doesn't mean that it's going to happen magically overnight. So keep that in mind. So we have one planning two spending 30 minutes in your B room or, you know, doing a boost type activity. Number three is to communicate. So communicate with your child. So if they're old enough, tell them why you want them to sleep in their room. Let them pick out their own bedding, if that's possible. Uh, Use a scent that reminds them of you. Like I use a lot of lavender um, around the house. And so... I think that that's a scent that maybe would remind my daughter of me. So that's an idea. If there's a scent that you wear or a scent that you use a lot, you can use that scent in their room. And make sure you're keeping their room clean, right? So I have trouble sleeping when my room is messy and your child may be the same way. So I don't mean like it needs to be, you know, pristine in there, but I know there's some nights where I, you know, see a bunch of toys and I just kind of casually slide them to the corner instead of maybe putting them in their place exactly where they go because I'm exhausted. But I have to think about how that may impact her sleep, um, what that may look like to her in the dark, you know, just things happen in the head and you see things in the dark and they could look like something different. So be mindful of that. Be mindful of, is it too dark in their bedroom? Is it too bright in their room at night? How's the temperature? Um, Ask your child questions if they're at an age where they can communicate to you why they won't sleep in their own bed. My daughter recently told me that her light is too loud, which to her was the way her way of saying that it was too bright in her room. So I've started turning off her nightlight completely, and she seems to stay in her bed a lot longer now, whereas before I feel like, you know, she she needed the light, but now it's like she's getting more like me. She likes to sleep in more darkness. Um, And you also want to communicate with your significant other or spouse. Um, My husband the other day, he was just like, you know, that's it. She can't sleep with us anymore. And if we have to deal with her crying, then we'll just do that. (laughs) And I remember saying, "Uh -uh. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to do that because I was just thinking like, I really need my sleep and I'm not going to 
be able to just sit and spend that time with her, you know, screaming and yelling and kicking or whatever she does, because I'd rather be sleeping. Like, I, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. But I did tell him that I would make more of an effort to, you know, put her in her bed at night when she falls asleep with us. And instead of, you know, waking up and just being like, ah, eh, she's in here, whatever. I would make more of an effort to wake up and put her in her room um, because he would wake up and do that. So I just wanted to start being committed to that goal. Well, last night, that situation actually played itself out. So she cried. Like he told her, hey, you have to sleep in your room. Um, and I was laying with her. And then she said, oh, I miss daddy. I want to you know, lay with him. So he started laying with her and that didn't, still didn't really soothe her. So she cried for what seemed like forever. Like I was in the bedroom feeling my anxiety, you know, start to increase because I could hear her crying and she's screaming. And I was just like, this is never going to end. Uh, but it was more realistically, it was like 10 minutes, <laughs> but it just felt like forever. But I went to lay with her and I realized that she was actually crying through her sleep. Like she had gotten so worked up that she was crying through her sleep. So once she felt my presence next to her, she fully fully relaxed. And within like two minutes, she was good, like soundly asleep. And so was I, you know, it was fine. And you know, my husband is right. She takes up way too much space in our bed. Um, and he's been waking up with back pain and discomfort. And it's really hard to get comfortable when she's in the bed because she's like sleeping right under you, over you, her feet are on the pillow. It's just a mess. And I talked earlier in this episode about, you know, we did have a very solid structured bedtime routine. And then I got a little bit lax and started letting her come into our bed again. And then of course she loved that because that's her preference. So then, you know, that inconsistency is not good because I was doing that just to get, you know, maybe an extra, what, like five minutes of sleep or something maybe. And looking at the big picture, it's better just to stay consistent uh, with her bedtime routine. Uh, so many things are just out of our control. There are so many variables that may impact how your child sleeps. So you have to control what you can, which ultimately is actually how you prepare for bedtime. And that's really all we can do is be prepared and kind of deal with it as things go. So for us, um, our bedtime routine was during her bath, I would pick out her clothes for the day. I'd pick out her jammas, um, her clothes for the next day. I would pick out my clothes for the next day as well. I would clean up a little bit. Once she got out and got her jammas on, we'd set a timer for about 30 minutes so that she could play. And, you know, during that time, I might do like a little bit more you know, cleaning, or maybe I would play with her. And then we'd pick out a story for her to read. And then I would get in the shower while she and my husband did story time. And typically she would be asleep when I got out of the shower. So one of us would just take her into her room at that point once she was deeply asleep. 
more recently, she's been having her playtime while I shower. Uh, so then we get in bed together for story time, which has actually in- evolved into <laughs> less of me reading to her, but more of her reading like to her dollies. Um, so, you know, the couple books that she has started memorizing, she likes to read. Um, and then we would fall asleep together. And about an hour later is normally on average when I would get up and, you know, put her in her room. And lately she, like, I would say within the last, I don't know, week, she's been waking up in the middle of the night, knocking on our door and then asking me to lay with her in her room. So there's definitely been a shift um, with our consistency. She's definitely realizing, okay, you guys want me to be in my room. I like to actually be in my room. Um, And she's comfortable with saying, sure, I'll stay in my room if somebody lays with me. Um, if there's something deeper, like a deeper reason for why you're being triggered at bedtime or a deeper reason for maybe sleep issues with your little ones, um, as you know, I'm not, um, you know, a medical professional and I always recommend that, you guys seek medical attention if that's what's needed. I always encourage that. Um, so if it is something deeper, definitely do that. So to recap on bedtime routine, um, plan. So plan a bedtime routine you can commit to. Write out how you would like it to go so you have something to work toward. And determine who can take on the bedtime routine and stay consistent with it. Spend 30 minutes of self-care activities uh, built around a wellness point or spend time in your B room and communicate with your children, spouse or significant other, or the people in your village who are helping with the bedtime routine. Be sure to check in with yourself on how you're feeling. If you're not sure which boost type you need boosted at that time, Just go back and complete the boost type determination form. I defaulted to emotional wellness um, for a lot of the examples, like for the purposes of this episode, I defaulted to emotional wellness because we were talking about triggers and stress and anxiety around bedtime, but that may not be the wellness point that you need boosted at that time. So determine that for yourself with the boost type determination form. And as always, I appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you very, very soon. To learn more about Back to You in 5, visit backtoyouin5.com or follow at Back to You in 5 on Instagram, where you'll find self-care tips and strategies. Remember, motherhood is a journey, not a destination.